Welcome to the Brown and Lowhead Show here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. It's Tuesday, so we always do the show Monday through Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. We are usually on when the Padres are actually playing when they're on the West Coast. And when they're not on playing on the West Coast, they're playing on the East Coast. And so you kind of know how the show's made. You know how the sausage is made. You've seen behind the scenes. So we kind of talk about everything, whether it be Padres, whether it be hockey, whether it be football. There's so many things to always discuss. Jason Lawhead joins me. I'm John Brown. And what up, Jason? What up, man? What up? As usual, you can find everything that you hear today on iTunes or on the iTunes podcast store or YouTube under the Kaplan and Crew. Bam. Right there. If you're watching, if you're listening, Kaplan and Crew, a great friends podcast network. So look and find. Also like and share when you do. There's a question. There's a question I have. I don't know how or if Jason can answer this question, but I got questions. Okay. I got questions because I need to know. Okay. What is fashion? What is what? What is fashion? Like, what is fashion? If you're driving in your car and you're listening to this, you're going to have to let us paint a picture for you. If you're watching this via YouTube, I guess I, I'm trying to get. What is fashion? What is fashion? Because last night, the Met Gala was held. Oh, right. Yeah. I, okay. I <laughs> don't know. What the F that's supposed to be. But to me, and, and Jason, help me out. Because maybe I'm maybe I'm out of touch. Maybe I don't know anything. If you can't wear it on a date, or you wouldn't wear it on a date, you can't wear it to the grocery store, you can't wear it to a nightclub, is it fashion? Like, what is fashion? Like, look at these outfits. Look at these outfits. Yeah. Whoa. And then, what, what, what? Like Russell Westbrook showed up in a in a kilt dress situation. I don't have a picture of that because I don't like to show men in dresses. But that's but he actually thing. wears that like walking through the tunnel on the way to a game when they show him with the headphones on and they do that camera. So right. you know, um, yeah. I mean, I give Russell Westbrook. I'll give that guy a pass, and he's actually still one of the more conservative ones at this uh, event, even with as crazy as his getup is. Uh, but you know, this is just another thing for famous people to be around other famous people to just kind of, you know what I mean? Stroke one another. It's an ego stroke. It's a look at me. It's uh and now it's been heightened obviously into the social media age with everybody. All these people have five different accounts on a social medias uh, that there's everyone following instantly all the time. So um, part of their job of being famous and popular is creating, um, you know, these prom night scenarios, right? So they've got to create prom night because like the most popular, they're addicted to being popular in the stream of where it was, you know, back in the day, the Sinatra days or, you know, Sammy Davis, whatever you wanted to do that those cameras from like time or life or LA times or whatever. Those were the only ones on that red carpet as they walked by, said hello, did their thing. Maybe you got a live shot. Some photographers that were had access, had a live shot with Frank and D 
Dean and in the in the back laughing with a couple of women, you know, with a cig- cigarette in their hand. And you got maybe a, a taste of that that may have been published, you know, here or there. Um, so that's all it is, man. And so it's just an outdoing of each other. And it's just going to be a constant one. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's clothing. It's. It's shoes, it's accessories, it's hair, it's tattoos, you know, who's got, you know, it's, it's all of the different things that, that they bring now. I just don't understand how a person could wear something trailing 10 feet behind them anywhere else. Like, I don't think that, like, where, what store can I find that in? Like, what, this this the Met Gala, okay? I'm gonna take you to my conspiracy world for a second. The Met Gala is the reason why people think the Illuminati is a thing. I'm that serious. The, like, the reason why people, the, the, right? The people, the reason why people think there's like a secret society that controls the world is because of stuff like that. Yes. Like, what's the point of the Met Gala for rich people? To show up wearing really rich, rich elitist things that you can't go to. Like, have you ever seen the inside of it? Like, what? what well, was that's for dinner why, last night? yeah, you know, which was so funny. I don't know if you ever saw. Uh, I don't know if this was too white for you, but did you ever see Zula? You have to ask. It probably was. <laughs> <laughs> then it probably was with Zoolander with Ben Stiller and Will Ferrell yep, when they made white. fun of the male model type of scenario, but just all that kind of gala, all that kind of just, just the fun, because you're right. Like the Met Gala, when you look at it on its surface and like, the, like it looks like the opening scene to like another Batman, like some crazy, it, it does the way they've gotten so crazy. It looks like some opening scene to a Tim Burton a version of a superhero movie that's you know what's gonna something's gonna happen at that gala that's gonna be the the main you know driving force of the story the rest of the way but yeah that's really what it's turned into it's like tim burton has just directed basically public life for celebrities now it's just so strange and you know what's funny is you know this next chunk that i'm trying to kind of just start to spit out a little bit and stuff i had thoughts of is me being a comic, you know, the road to just success and everything and however you define it, right? Like, so my, you know, coming through this last uh, little piece that I'm dropping uh, called Do It Again, which was kind of just a lot of that piece was put together through the experience of COVID, which I didn't know. We we none of us knew it was going to happen with being married and all that. So, but my idea was going forward was the next special named already was It's Too Late to Be Famous start thinking of that kind of material where you know what i don't at this point the fame i wanted when i i saw it coming from a long time ago that doesn't exist i I wouldn't even want to be in this famous today um you know we all want to be successful so it's weird man you look out at it and um it doesn't have the you know, celebrity does not have the respect and the, the grandeur it once did. And and fame to a degree is becoming, you know, there's becoming more infamous along with famous. And, you know, there's a lot of famous that doesn't equal talent, you know, and, and you see it today in the social media drive. Just when... fame does not mean talent. A lot of time fame means a, such a lack of talent and just 
a, a sheep driven audience that's just like uh, they'll just laugh at anything and anyone that uh, looks their way. It's it's strange. The fame that is now associated in, and this is an interesting turn in this topic, but I think the idea of what the classic idea of fame would be ushered in by talent. Like right. this person offers something anymore. that I go, okay, I have to pay to go and see this person. Show me what they're great at. That yeah. is where no. the infamous portion comes in. Cause yeah. now you don't have to be great at anything. You just have to find a niche yeah. at something. You could just and be famous for being pregnant on as a teenager a on MTV. Show. You could be pregnant. Right. You can be a pregnant teen. You can do a sex tape and then just invite the world into your family every day. Yeah, but, but say you didn't. Say you didn't. Into your it was house. stolen from you. Or whatever. But what I'm saying is, is there, there has there there's so much fame that that came from zero hard work uh, out there. Right. right and now, so the idea, you know, like. So that that's that's where a lot of it, 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 you know, that that's where my the basis of where my comedy and, and my life connected to that. I want to come out in this next chunk of material. So fame is a fame is a strange thing, man. It used to be associated with class and talent. And now it's just associated with social media and reality television. Trash and non-talent, really, in a lot of ways. Right. You know, in a lot of respect. I mean, still, there's still like. There's still the old saying, you can't, you know, you can't ignore undeniable talent. And that there's still those famous people that deserve to be famous and handle it with the type of, um, you know, yesteryear kind of, uh, you know, that, that, that illusion of what we always thought fame was and what it, you know, that. So there's still those types of people that do get it that because they're so talented they just understand the aura uh, and the importance of the whole thing. And they carry themselves in that older version. But yeah, there's just such a um, wave and wave and wave of new fame that is just so undeserving. That just didn't work for any of it. And it's just splattered all over. And it's, it's too bad that, you know, you can't, you know, scroll through something or, you know, without even following it, you don't even have to follow it. It just will, you know, suggest you to. <laughs> One of the things that we are, it's interesting that now we, because people who don't, we are doing a conversational situation with the show. So the topics roll from one to another. It never really planned. They just kind of work themselves out. Yeah. Through, some, through things that we kind of discussed, which. But like infamous. you said, we're out at six o'clock. A lot of people have listened right. to this so much all day that maybe they're still on the air from listening to radio all day and they're sitting there going, hey, I, you know, I the, could dive into this for a little bit. Um, the idea you know. of infamous was interesting when you bring that up because Trevor Bauer has been suspended for two years mm. by Major League Baseball for essentially, because I want to I, I want to be fair to him because I think when you listen to so many people, we live in such an attack society. The idea of, of fairness doesn't matter if the if the mob is on one side or the other. Right. He was not found guilty in the courtroom. He was not found, to my knowledge, liable of any suit of any sort. It just looked bad. The perception of it looked bad. And so Major League Baseball 
waited a really long time and then suspended them for two years once everything had worked out in the court because it made the Dodgers look bad. It made baseball look bad because football has a, 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 a violence with women problem that they're trying to clear up. And what baseball doesn't want is to get lumped into that. And so they slapped Trevor Bauer with a massive, massive, massive two-year suspension, which, depending on where you're coming from, some say it's deserved, some say it's not. And I asked, I asked this question of when, how good are you before people stop dealing with the other stuff? Because just because you're not guilty in a courtroom doesn't mean the league that you play in or the team, the organization which you work for, want to continue to put up with the other stuff. So now we know where baseball's line is with the other stuff because this is a massive suspension, like massive, massive two-year suspension. Huge. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like there's still a where there's smoke, there's fire in this harsh of a suspension. And I think they may have said even another voice has come up, another girl. I thought it, I, I thought it was up to three. Again, up, I could be wrong about up, this, but I, I thought three. I had saw three up women. Three, right? Yeah. And let's be honest, right? Like in a lot of these cases that are reported and once police accusations, police, all again, all accusations, right? All accusations. But in all fairness to the whole, you know, kind of cycle of this thing is is that yeah i watch a lot of dateline and crime shows i've always liked those and (laughs) and you know there's a lot of times and especially with this type of incident when people meet online and once the cops do a little questioning and they find out that um oh so you met him i mean you met him online you decided to meet him up right so you know the case starts getting less legs from the person but Major League Baseball has deep pockets and a huge, huge security division to their league, and as does the Los Angeles Dodgers that can perhaps send out a, you know, a thorough investigation of a lot of things in the background of Bauer and possibly some other accusations that maybe, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, an overworked and overfiled and over complained police division area may have not thoroughly as investigated and uh you know maybe there's some credibility to uh with some other stuff that major league baseball has found out that hey look um this guy has menaced women (laughs) uh you know this guy has has physically menaced women yes he's a professional baseball player yes it's easy for him to get first contact with these women on a uh you know uh, agreeable you know scenario and maybe they were looking for some fun that turned into you know you know patrick bateman in american psycho almost but um you know what i mean so i, I you know it just seems like that harsh of a penalty whereas you know they i think they've got to have some type of firepower and, and you know when you go back to the incidents with bauer in the past um and not just the stuff he has said openly about some things in baseball not that when you see what he did with that baseball when you see how brazen that move was to throw fire that baseball into the stands at a at a at a fan in a full on environment of people everywhere watching cameras on game full stadium i mean what if that kid what if that ball 
is a guy's holding his kid. What if a guy's holding a beer looking at this guy? What I mean, so the brazenness of that sounds off some bells to me that says, is this guy capable of what he's accused of? And has he has a penchant for it beyond one time with this woman who he just thought wanted to get freaky? Or is this a, um, you know, and if that's the case, and if when you look at something so brazen as he did, so carelessly, I could bust somebody's jaw wide open by throwing this thing straight into the outfield at 100 miles an hour um, in front of everybody and not be very apologetic about it afterwards. Not 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 really be the kind of, I mean, it, it got him traded from Cleveland right out of town as a top young pitching prospect. They were done with him with other antics they had had. So um, that build, you sign this big contract, you buy into the power outage image and the whole name and the whole, um, God, you know, he kind of reminds me, have you ever seen that movie Malice with another white thing, probably too white, but there's a movie um, called Malice and it's about a bad doctor. Uh, Nicole Kidman is trying to be like in vitro or whatever. And Alec Baldwin's this evil doctor. And he goes, you ask me if I think I'm God, I am, or if I play God, I am God. And it's this God complex, this untouchable, I can throw a ball. And if it knocks some baby out of his dad's arms, oh, well, get out of my way. I thought one of the things that this that helped this suspension be what it was, I honestly believe he became an enemy of the image of baseball in more ways than one, because he was one of the people going around, uh, with it, whether it be through his vlog or whether it be through interviews where he was showing you what certain things did to the baseball. Yep. Like if I'm not mistaken, he he showed you that you yeah. could stick a baseball to your hand without putting your fingers on it, right? Due to the sticky stuff, so to speak, right? And, and spin rate and, and kind of giving people uh, uh, trades of the craft, and maybe baseball didn't like that. But if baseball so didn't I'm like just... that, John, here's where I have my argument. There, if baseball didn't like that, they would have ran them out then, and they would have never went to the method of checking the glove because baseball actually after he did that, decided, let's check the glove, and Trevor Bauer was still pitching in baseball. So, yeah. um, you know, that's where I go, I don't know. I don't know if, if being I mean, maybe vocal, it's an I think a lot of guys have been vocal about the game and and ticked off the, 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 the league office over time many times in different ways. And they've had to just say, we've got a great ball player on our hands that might go out your and reputation, win a game seven your in the World Series. Can, your reputation can get you four games when the other person would have gotten two games. Sure. Your reputation can get you a flagrant two in Draymond Green's case, while it's a flagrant one last night in Jay Crowder's case when he kicked the guy square intentionally into the man region in the game last night. And so I think the Trevor Bauer suspension, the two-game, the two-year suspension, by the way, I think a lot of it had to do with the Major League Baseball giving the Dodgers an out of his contract because they clearly wanted no part of whatever it was, guilty, not right. guilty. Right, uh, They don't want perception. that guy that, that was so brazen and careless to throw that baseball because they don't know what he's going to do next, whether he was innocent or not. They wanted nothing to do with it. And so I think part of this is Major League Baseball doing the Dodgers a solid to say, hey, listen, okay, now you guys are free to cut him and not pay him 
because we suspended them for two years. And I'm pretty sure that's something in your contract that you had with them was detrimental to, to the team or it, it violates some type of uh, public standard. There's something in that contract yeah. that the Dodgers can now point to it and say, you violated clause one, sure. section 43, whatever. And this money now goes in the shredder and you right. are free to sign with whoever you want after right. your two-year suspension is up. Yeah. So I think a lot of the suspension probably had to do with that as well. So the fact that he's gone for two years is really the big story because I it, 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 it landed on a Friday like boom at around 3 o'clock. And by Monday, it was gone. Like it was legit gone. So uh, – We'll see what happens with it. I don't. I mean, I don't know if, if I'll be talking about Trevor Bauer in two years, or if you'll be talking about Trevor Bauer in two years, or if he'll even be. Yeah, I mean, I don't Japan know the somewhere. nuts and bolts of it. Is is it a case that's reviewable after uh, you know 150 days, possibly? Right, it may be, and then that could be built in to the whole idea of hey, let's be able to let the let the Dodgers get off the hook. We're on we're, this built, we're built in to talk about more, and we'll wow. do that on the other Not side of this Brown and Lawhead. Brown and Law here returning to you Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. right here on the ES Mightier 1090 ESPN. That's another nickel for Bill Hagan. I'm John Brown. I'm always joined by Jason Lawhead, the super duper professional <laughs> comedy writing. Super duper, man. <laughs> super duper. Aficionado. What's up, Jason? What's up, man? Always a, always a pleasure to sit down across the screen from you and talk about what we talk about. I enjoy this. This is, you know... Uh, Will we ever do this in person? I hope so, man. I hope so. We got to do yeah. something on a remote where we do, like, you know, Kaplan and crew, and I just kind of sit in with that, and then uh, we roll right into our show somehow. We got to do that. Gotta be, we've got to do one of these in person to get rid of this split screen. Maybe what we'll Just do, to... I got an idea. Maybe what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll we'll try to book a venue where we um, we do a uh, like thirty minutes of stand up. You know, you do like ten, I do like twenty, maybe twenty five, something like that, where it isn't like the whole night, and then. You know, you open, I close, and then we sit down and we do like a one-hour podcast in a live venue, and people can, you know, we can actually like be like, hey, all right, we're taking some callers. Anybody you want to talk about? And then like have about a segment where, you know, some fans raise some hands and throw us some stuff to talk about what maybe they're thinking. Maybe we could do that. I'm going to talk to, uh, um, you know what? Let me let me think of uh, you know actually let's talk to maybe like, Friday we, seeing, maybe I'll tell you what Friday maybe we could talk to the people at the Belly Up Tavern and maybe make it a, maybe make it like a night one night on their schedule where we just do like hey this isn't really the radio show we're gonna already have done that at six but we're gonna do a night show where this is a um, you know a, a live comedy plus podcast where you can sit in and, and talk sports with the guys. That might be, that might be, I think a lot of people, even there's other listeners out there, uh, tweet at us if you're listening or, yeah. or, or comment in on the YouTube page. If you're like, dude, that would be great. I, you know, I would go to something like that. So get a little, as, I'm, as you're explaining it, I'm thinking of the equipment that we have and could we do that? 
It's so funny how how my brain works. The second you start explaining yeah. this, I'm I'm like creating a checklist of what we would need. Well, I think if, if even if I brought I like have all that in the box. Well, if I brought the camera stand that I have my USB on right now, right, and you brought your camera stand that you had you had your USB, we could after our comedy show we could have a long table rolled out, throw a little tablecloth over it, put our two computers at it, put our usbs this way so we can still broadcast it on youtube as an archived thing maybe even have a third camera over our head looking back out at the crowd um so you can show their faces and stuff and we can cut back to them i don't know i don't sure even need all of some that. type of capability you plug all that stuff in you, you pipe before it. you got to the end of your explanation i had already had it all figured out we don't even need all of that nice. i've already okay, figured see? it out in my mind all right so logistically we can do it one hundred percent logistically. Well, Friday we, we got to when we go to that where? lunch and we got to we got the brunch. I should say um, Dude, we got a busy we got a busy week. Oh, I have a busy week, considering that Cinco de Mayo is Thursday. Uh, we're doing a live show, a live recording from Tory Holistics in some way, shape, or form in Chula Vista because they're opening up. Uh, oh, really? California Holistics, which is what that'll be called. Okay. Friday we've got the the luncheon. And Saturday I have something I can't remember, so it, it must really going to be forgotten about <laughs> some way in my mind. Whatever the third thing I have to do, it always gets forgotten. So sorry, third thing. I'll get to you eventually. And then Sunday's Mother's Day. Sunday's Mother's Day. That's right. I, I so it's, a, it's, a, it's a packed sure? weekend, man. It's a lot of packed. I, listen, I want to tell people ahead of time, okay, for Mother's Day, stop going to lunch. Stop. Stop. Go to dinner, go to breakfast. Lunch is a five-hour wait. Don't do that to your mother, okay? If you didn't have the, the, the mental wherewithal to book this lunch a week in advance, knowing it was Mother's Day, hell, bro, it's Tuesday. If you don't make a reservation, let this be right now. If you're listening to this show, make a reservation for your mom or your, your wife or your girlfriend or your side chick or your third baby mama whatever make a reservation <laughs> to get them lunch somewhere right now as you're listening to this yeah open another window on your phone and reserve lunch for these ladies man because right now you as you're speaking get... get online and reserve lunch for mother's day 2023 right now as right we're now speaking. <laughs> and you might get in because you might get in now for 2023 so I just come on, do better, people. Do the 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 crowds on Mother's Day for lunch yeah. is like that's the only meal that exists on Sunday is lunch. Like there's more meals, man. Take your mom to breakfast. Take her to dinner. Like don't be a, don't be a, a, a everybody and take her to lunch. It, it's just stupid brunch or whatever you want. Uh, brunch I used to work really in the, the restaurant business and uh, Mother's Day brunches we would have. Ah, oh, it's just. I, I have as a PS PC. I don't even know that's PTSD. how much that's how much PCSD PS PTSD I have. I don't. I can't even get the letters straight um, from all those experiences because the night before would be a Saturday night, so the restaurant would already already be busy. The regular, and then we would spend after that would close. We would spend hours just bringing all these 
tables from like an upstairs elevator, putting them in the elevator, bringing them down, setting up all these long tables for the buffet lines, and then restructuring the whole restaurant for bigger tables because the parties were eight and 12 and 16 because grandma's still alive and all this stuff. And you're just like, good God, get me through. I mean, I've never wanted to end my life like I have after a Mother's Day brunch working in the restaurant business put a bullet in my that was one of the the restaurant business and all that kind of stuff was one of the driving forces of me going dude i got it like i've always thought about doing stuff. i gotta get out I of don't here do stand up now i'm gonna regret this for the rest of my life because i, I can't do this or any kind of job that makes me feel like this again <laughs> dude it, it it's terrifying ah. it's absolutely terrifying no no thanks so you oh, know right to break to break through on this show you have to do one of two things. Be super funny or be a fight. One of the two. Right. And guess what, hockey? You made it. It's playoff season because we got a brawl. Everybody got involved, and here it is. This, they if you're watching, this is the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they are brawling. If you're yeah. the radio, imagine a hockey game where every ref is breaking up a fight and guys are talking and fighting, pulling jerseys over their heads, just a, a, a knockdown drag out. And it's the first game of the series. So I, I don't watch hockey enough unless the Blackhawks are playing and they got to be really good. For, I don't know. I'm not going to watch them do a first round exit, but hockey is hard to get my attention, man. Until you start doing that, then I'm in. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I, I always dabble in playoff hockey now, and I didn't really. It is good I, though. I'll give them that. Playoff hockey is very good if you, if you yeah. even know remotely who any of the people are. Yeah, I always dabble in playoff hockey, and I will watch some. And I, there's teams that I do like to watch um, in playoff hockey. I'll, I'll admit that when LeBron, I never was. We, I, Cleveland doesn't have hockey. We never round hockey. Didn't know anything about hockey, and uh, you know when LeBron left Cleveland the first time that first year to two years, actually, um, I had a hard time watching the NBA. You know, I mean, uh, I was just really just, we had just plunged so bad and the heat were already, you know, you know, title type team, you know, going to the finals. And I was just, just sickened. So I started really watching a lot more hockey. I just got into it. I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the Blackhawks. They're really good. And, you know, I'm going to just follow hockey more. And I watch a lot of regular season hockey and picked up on the game a little bit. I don't know, like, the strategies like I know all the other games. Like, I, I feel like right. I could coach a basketball team, even coach a football team, and maybe even manage a baseball team with how much I know that sport. And I I, I there's I will in no way know hockey in, in that respect, but love the playoff game. And it's rare to see what I did learn about when I watched um, hockey in the regular season for those couple of years he was in Miami um and then you know stay stayed along with it as a fan throughout the playoffs this is very rare for the playoffs this is a regular season thing fighting that like that because they know what it can do to the team how it can affect the in team the not only going to the penalty box particular you game suspended um so you'll see it a lot in the regular season because it's the long days uh dog days of of the season a lot of fighting that keeps the fans interested the, the repercussions aren't as bad so that was a not just a great fight. That was something that you rarely see in playoff hockey because they know the value of it. But uh, who knows? Maybe the one guy was Ukrainian, the other guy was Russian. That thing. <laughs> that's probably that's and probably what happened. Started. 
So you know, it's funny you mentioned that because we didn't we didn't plan to talk about this, but to the hell with all that. Did you see that? I think it's Novak Djokovic and uh, and and I think Rafael Nadal, if I'm not mistaken, they're upset with the WTA because the WTA is not allowing uh, Russian uh, players to compete. If I if I'm correct, let me yeah. let me. Let me There's a couple you. sports I don't think are yeah. I don't think that's fair. What is it? Uh, letting individual players play in something. It's one thing to maybe sanction the national team in a tournament or something. If it was like a, a basketball team or a hockey team, but I think like a golfer, a tennis player, an athlete that plays outside of something that's nationally sponsored. Um, you know, like if it was a basketball player that plays for a basketball team in Italy or a bat, you know, so you know, I'm just Wimbledon saying, announced Wimbledon announced that all Russian and Belarusian players will be banned from the Grand Slam following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Not everyone is supportive of the this decision, including one of the biggest stars, Novak Djokovic. Look, I that's it's not right. It's not like you you know Wimbledon. It's not like okay, we're having an Olympics somewhere, and we're not allowing the national teams from this country that is doing this to this country to come over and compete. That in a boycott, this is individual athletes that, by no fault of their own, were born in <laughs> Russia or Belarus, and they play professional tennis as their livelihood and they've contributed to your sport in so many ways as an individual tennis player that got to those ranks whether it was a golfer a tennis player whether it was a basketball player like would you agree like if you were a belarusian and you played on a team on a pro european team possibly that may be based in london what if they said no you're not allowed in our league because you were born there that ain't cool dude that ain't cool. I mean, unless it's, unless they can prove these guys are double agents or have taken up arms and have killed Ukrainian civilians, dude. Like, come on. That ain't cool. I kind of think of it like this. Like, what if, just because he's not, but what if Luka Doncic was a Russian? Yeah. And it was like, you know what? You can't play, dog. We, we, we have to sit cool, you out. Man. It was good. That ain't cool. No, I, like I said. If it was a whole entire Russian team made up, funded by the Russian government, like national team, like, yeah, and you were doing some type of competition like that, like, yeah, then it's like, hey, look, until you guys as a team can voice to your government that you shouldn't be doing these things, we can't have you participate. But to say that, like, an individual that has no connection or ties to, you know, Russian military or their operator government, you know, isn't doing anything, you know, it, you know, um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I think that's it's that's taken that to... that's taken the that's taken the bigger than the game. You you know the old saying is like no players bigger than the game. Well, the game shouldn't be bigger than something like this to the player either. When the player hasn't done its part to be suspended or not invited or or banned, if you will. So like, yeah. Pete Rowe, he thought he was bigger than the game. No, the game will always be bigger. Well, in this sense, in that terminology, in 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 my opinion, the game fell short. 
for being bigger than the player and everything else. The game fell short of the player. I guess, the, I, guess the, I guess my question with any suspension, with any ban, with any penalty uh, levied on any individual player, team, or organization, what does the what does the penalty accomplish? By banning these tennis players from competing, what message have you sent to uh, Belarus and to Russia? Like what's nothing? What are they going to do now? Stop fighting? No, because these it's players, actionless change. It right, does nothing. So you, it made you WTA made you feel good because you got to say, look what we're doing in our sport to show solidarity with the Ukrainian people and the people suffering from the war. But the people who you're suspending or banning, banning may feel the same way that you do. And so the idea that you would suspend or ban someone for some actions that they had no control over, I find it as another whiff by the WTA, who I, who, who I feel like is governed by high school girls Whichever way the wind blows, that's what they're going to do. I think they don't necessarily have a strong backbone as to this is what we're doing and that's going to be that. Because they already had a, a situation with Djokovic when they wouldn't let him play because of COVID reasons. I think it was in the Australian Open. They've had issues with Naomi Osaka. They've had a ton of issues with the, with the Williams sisters. And, those are their, and, and Serena's the greatest female tennis player ever. So I, 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 I think this is more of a WTA trying to be a part of the, 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 the outrage, which wouldn't surprise me. But I also find that what does this accomplish? Like, how does this help or hurt your message as the World Tennis Association and sending a message to Belarus and to Russia? Like, what does it do? Well, I mean, at this point, you have to go. If you, in my opinion, you have to go look at at every conflict in the world right now. Who, right. Who's doing and, what and, to and, who? And to be perfectly honest with you, who? hey, uh, can't I can't? The, if you, listen, if you can't decide who's wrong in the Israeli and Palestinian um, conflict, then none of their tennis players should be allowed to play. Neither country, none, neither. During the during the Iraq War. There is a lot of people worldwide who could have told you that you should bar American athletes from participating in sports. Their view of it was completely different than ours. And so since we're Saudi since Arabians, we're Yemen's, top, none of them, they should, none of them should be able to play in Wimbledon. Right. None of them. Who well, else is fighting uh, any civil wars in Africa going on? Whatever countries are at that, none of them. Nobody out. gets to, you know what? Uh, did we tell the truth about, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq? You know what? Maybe the United yeah, States isn't doing really. it. Is the United States doing enough in Ukraine? Maybe we shouldn't let us, our players, play in Wimbledon. It's crazy, dude. I think, and since the show is going this way, I I, I enjoy it. Me too. I'm just um, this saying. This will definitely be a best of. What's happening with Roe v. Wade? I again, this this show is this. We can do whatever we want with the show. We've got four minutes left, so this is what we're gonna do with it. This is what I want to do, Jason. You don't have to say anything. We live in a we live in a time where everything is challenged, and I and I respect and I understand that. Depending on what side of the aisle that you're on, you should be free to challenge things at all times in this country because that's what it was built on—the ability for a individual to go up against the machine and have their voice be heard and win. That's what the Supreme Court is supposed to represent. 
to take away the choice of what happens to a person and their body and their decision with what's happening with the Supreme, what appears to be happening with the Supreme Court in Roe v. Wade. I think we are setting a very dangerous precedent by taking something that has been settled for 50 years and turning it upside down because a small group of people wanted to be different. So I don't know where we are headed with this particular thing because it hasn't been finalized. This is just a memo that got out. But I hope that the uproar from this memo getting out forces this not to become the issue that I think it's going to become. Well, I'm sure it's probably going to become what it becomes. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, this country, I mean, it was, you can't, the Supreme court already years ago in citizens United prevented any real democracy from happening. I mean, you, you don't have, a yeah. vote. you don't have a corporations vote for, equal. Well, you, have, equal you don't, voice. yeah. The, the individual doesn't actually have a vote for change there's you're not nobody that you're voting for is going to be able to do anything against the firmness the gripness that's held on the lobbying that's held from citizens united it's over when it comes to like thinking you're you're actually voting for somebody that's going to change things up and the real you know you hear about the attack attack on democracy attack on democracy and really at the, at the long haul um that kind of was the you know the 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 attack that won the war on democracy right there. So um, that is, you know, and now you've basically got, you know, they say, well, the Supreme Court, you basically only need five, right? So basically five people that think exactly alike about everything, who are the elite of the elitist, mind you, not even anyone near relatable to the average American. I mean, these are the type of people that are like, almost cartoon elite, like Carter Pewterschmidt on on Family Guy. That's how elite these types of judges, and when they know they're untouchable, it's lifetime. It can't be, I mean, you know, so we basically have five people that think exactly alike running the whole shebang. And we're in trouble. I mean, you We're think in it's a, uh, individual rights, states' rights? This country's on last rights, buddy. Oh, I got to tweet that. That's good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, yeah you need to write that one down before you forget it. Well, he writes that down. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Brown and Lawhead. Peace. Peace.